This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. In his playing days, he was known as the Igniter. Now, he's here to kickstart your Sunday Twins fix. It's the Paul Molitor Show. You, know, you can hit a mistake a long way. It's, it's, it's fun to watch. There's not a lot of guys who can close on balls like that. It was quite a play. Just a dominant start by him. The Paul Molitor Show is sponsored by Killabrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Now, here are the hosts of the Paul Mahler Show, Chris Atterbury and Jack Morris. Well, it is Sunday morning, and we have a full house here in our uh, network headquarters here at Target Field. There's uh, folks prepping for a Sunday of baseball, kids opening day at the ballpark. A couple of Minnesota legends in studio. Jack Morris is here. Paul Molitor is here uh, as the Twins try to win a series before we head to the Lone Star State. So, first of all, good morning, sir. How are we doing this morning? Great day for baseball. You wake up, blue sky. Yeah, and, yeah, I'll tell you, yesterday was fantastic, and today's going to be another uh, beautiful day for a game. And like you said, uh, kids opening day, so that's always special. Jack, you ever part of one of those back in the day? I don't remember those. I really don't. Uh, they probably were. You, you two were still kids when you made the big league, so I think that was yeah, uh, yeah. That, that might have been a little took on a different a different meaning. One thing that's new today, and it's amazing we've gone this deep into the season without talking about it, is you have your first roster moves. Uh, uh, of the year, Mejia goes down as he he labored again yesterday. Haley to the DL. Uh, what is your team going to look like uh, when the dust settles? Uh, yeah, we'll make some moves today. You know, it's funny. I, I think every spring we tell our guys, you know, when you send them out, you know, be ready. There's always a change in the first week. Well, next week I might have to change it to three weeks. But <laughs> but we did make a change. Um, you know, we're we're adding Buddy Boshears out to the bullpen. Uh, we talked, you know, it wasn't that long ago we were talking about how fresh our bullpen was, and then a matter of a couple of days, um, they they get expanded a little bit, and then you got to make some changes. So we'll we'll welcome him, uh, Mejia going back down. Uh, we still like that kid. I, I think we all feel that he was just maybe trying a little too hard to make an impression here early in the year. We'll get him into a regular routine down there, and then of course Kenny Vargas coming up. Um, He's gotten off to a decent start down there. I think he's got a couple of homers, about 10 RBIs, and uh, we'll give us some protection, not only with Joe and DHing, but, you know, having a, a big bat on the bench. With Haley going on the DL with that little shoulder, uh, bicep tendonitis, um, had to make a couple moves. Paul, you're obviously with the, with the Vargas move. It's uh, just buying a little bit of time until that fifth guy in the rotation spot comes back up. I, I'm not asking you to predict what, sure. what you're going to do there, but that's probably part of the thinking along that well I, I think the timing of uh everything not, not that it's ever good when you have to make changes and people go on the dl and uh someone gets sent down but the way it's set up here with the next couple of off days we can go with a four-man until i think it's may 6th mm-hmm. and uh, you know we've talked a little bit about how that might shape up things change over the next 16 days or whatever it might be um, whether it's you know getting Mejia back up here or other guys that might be throwing down well um you know, we all know Duffy had a had a nice run 
uh, as a starter at times, but he's been pretty valuable on the bullpen. So, you know, we're, we'll have we'll have a question to answer when we get to that point. Uh, last thought on Mejia before we move on to, to other topics. It is the Paul Molitor Show brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. You know, you mentioned maybe it was just one of those, hey, first time in the big leagues, over, over anxious. Uh, it just seemed the pace with him. Uh, you know, the guy standing around a lot behind him. And is that something that, Every young pitcher has to work through at some point in time to kind of well, understand that they're, what they do is good enough and not try to overdo? Yeah, you know, a couple of quick comments. Um, you know, yesterday's game was a commissioner's nightmare. Oh, you know, we boy, talked yeah. about pace of play and length of games. I think it was Mejia's 27th pitch that was put in play. Up to that point, he had either had walks or strikeouts. And, um, you know, that's just a lot of pitches to go with not one being hit to a yeah. position player. And, um, yeah, so there's a little pace issue with him. Uh, and, and just the fact that, you know, instead of trying to hit his spots, I think he was trying to throw it harder. And, and it's, that's okay. You know, we, we, he's not a guy who's going to walk a, a one, one per inning, which he's been averaging here through his first three starts. So we'll get him back on track. One of the things that I've noticed, Paul, and it's become so obvious, is uh, the, the way the starter starts the game gets through those first five innings. If it's a smooth, quick, efficient five innings, it seems like the game flows just so easy. You're set up for the bullpen late in such a better situation, and yet Mejia had two out of three kind of hiccups, and Kyle Gibson, same thing with pitch count anyway. Yes. Um, it just creates a whole different thought process for you managing that bullpen. It, it changes fast. You know, Phil had a short start last time, too, and mm-hmm. – uh, you know, so it, 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 it compounds your problems when you're trying to uh, navigate your way. And, and yesterday, obviously, still having a chance to win. So you're, you're trying to not just get through the game. You're trying to make intelligent decisions where you can. Um, you know, that people might question some things you do along the way to get through. But you're trying to navigate your way to keep the damage down and give your chance team a chance to come back and win. So, uh, yeah, you know, we... We were put in a position yesterday where we had to go through a lot of guys, and that definitely will have an effect on today. That's manager Paul Molitor. It is the Paul Molitor Show. Again, Mejia back to Rochester. Haley to the disabled list. Kenny Vargas, Buddy Boshears join the club today. We'll step aside, come back more with Paul and Jack on your home for Twin Baseball. This is the Paul Molitor Show. It's brought to you by Killebrew Ruther, made in Minnesota. How memories are created, legends are made. Paul Molitor, Jack Morris in studio. And uh, just uh, looking back, one more segment on yesterday's ball game. We'll sure. dust up in the middle. Uh, and, and we won't know for a while yet if you're going to be without Miguel Sano for any game. Certainly changed yesterday's ball game in terms of, of what you had to do. After an incident like that, are you looking, now that you're a manager, are you looking afterwards to see kind of how your guys react to that? Do they channel their energy a certain way? How did guys stand up? What What is in the aftermath of a dust-up like that? We haven't had many in, in the last 10 years here. What are you as a manager looking well, at? Well, you know, Jack can speak to it, too, with his experience of, uh, you know, dust-ups or altercations, whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, my feeling is it's probably going to be turn the page. I think our guys should be energized to try to finish the homestand off. It hasn't been a very good homestand. I mean, we lost a series. White Sox, we could have won. Cleveland took care of us, and now we got to try to find a way to win today. Um, I did think that right after that happened, there was a lot of energy, especially when we followed it up with the pinch hit double and and uh, cashing in and tying the game. But uh, you know, today, I, you know, you want the guys just to come out and and be able to do what they need to do to try to win and uh, send send our club off to Texas on a good note. Yeah, for me, I just look at it. You know, both teams did what they thought they had to do. And I certainly cannot blame Miguel Sano one bit when a ball's behind his 
backside, right. uh, you know, he knows the intent of that pitch. And uh, then a catcher throws his glove in his face. So, you know, what's a guy to do? I, I don't think this is me. And if the commissioner was sitting right there, I'd look him right in the eye and say, no way do you touch that guy. He didn't do anything wrong. But, yeah. uh, you know, baseball has its way of taking care of itself. Yeah, they do. My, my, my comment on that was uh, I'm, I've changed my tune a little bit about the whole potential suspension and whether uh, McCann would, would be involved with that if they d- decided to target our guy. Um, you know, he, he definitely caused the reaction or he intensified what, what took place by him trying to get up into Miggy's face with his glove. Now, I know, Paul, when you were with the Brewers, you guys and the Twins had quite a history of going back and forth on a couple of occasions. You two ever mix it up? Was there ever a Brewer... Uh... Brewer Tiger, where you guys uh, wound up facing We were afraid of the Brewers. They had a lot of big guys. <laughs> you know, we, didn't, we didn't have a mess with those guys. Uh, you know, we had a few. When I was with Detroit, we had a few with the Twins. And in all honesty, most baseball brawls are a non-event. It's a lot of chirping and a lot of slapping. And you grab a guy, and then you hope that it's not the right wrong guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but in this case, you know, my pet peeve with the whole incident is – it's so obvious, and even the Tiger bench should have understood, there was never an intent that uh, Jacoby Jones getting hit in the face. I mean, you, that's not by design at all. And so to retaliate when it was an accident doesn't make sense to me. I've always said that. I've always was able to get guys uh, when I knew there was a reason to get a guy. But to me, that was not a reason. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I think that there's probably two schools of opinion. Um, no intent on, on Haley's part. If you're a player who gets hit in the face or in the head, you, you might be kind of hoping your team yeah. responds. So, you know, you can look at it a couple different ways. But, uh, you know, the, the way it escalated with, you know, what McCann did and how it took off, that that's – that, that was a little bit much. Yeah, well, we'll move on from that today and uh, look for a great day today, Fulmer versus Gibson. But before we take this break, you ever get hit in the head, Paul? Yeah, I got hit uh, three times. Uh, Still here. Yeah, a little not, goofy, little not, goofy, but I'm here. Not fun, right? Like, not fun at all. Not too many after effects. As a hitter, well, I mean. bad, real quick. Yeah. Uh, Doc Gooden hit me in the head in the fourth inning, Ooh. and then the game got canceled before five innings because of rain, so I didn't even count. So you so, technically oh, didn't get yeah, hit by didn't, Doc Gooden in the, the head, head so. Well, if you're going to get hit, why not by a guy throwing 800 miles an hour at uh, that point in time? We'll take a break. Make sure that uh, Paul clears the cobwebs out. We'll come back, talk about today's pitching matchup when we return on your home for Twins Baseball. This is the Paul Molitor Show. Happy Sunday to you. Jack Morris is here. Paul Molitor here. It's Killebrew Root Beer made in Minnesota. How memories are created, legends are made, bringing you the Paul Molitor Show every week. And a chance to win a series today for the Twins. It's been a long homestand, all in the division and the Twins can come out of this stretch, uh, 500 in the division and on the season, 3-6 and six on the homestand to do so. They have to beat Michael Fulmer and the Tigers. It's a rematch, guys. We saw this matchup in Detroit, and each of the starting pitchers had one big, ugly inning, a 40-pitch inning for Fulmer, a 30-pitch fourth inning for Kyle Gibson. Fulmer survived it. Gibson did not. What's the key for Kyle in, in getting over the hump in situations like that? Well, you know, we're all trying to find ways to get him to uh, – uh, figure out how to get through, you know, five, six innings and, and stay away from that crooked number. You know, I, th- I think we were all a little bit more optimistic coming out of camp, the way he threw the ball. He was maybe our best starter down there throughout the camp. And, uh, you know, he's just, you know, last time out, he didn't throw very many strike ones, and he had to pitch from behind. And 
uh, off speed wasn't as good, and he had to pay the price, you know. And so we're, we're just hoping that he finds a way to attack and get ahead, and then this stuff plays so much better. Fulmer, on the other hand, you know, came on last year and had a heck of a first go round. Uh, power pitcher who can, you know, a little bit of reverse splits in that he kind of dominates lefties more than righties because he can really cut that ball in on their hands. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna give it a go. Hope for you know we have to ride with Gibby a little bit today because we're gonna be a little bit short and we'll we'll see what happens. One of the things I see with Kyle is uh, pitch count and uh, it's a consistency with him, um, and and equates obviously to what you just said first pitch strikes being behind in counts and stuff like that. But it's got to be a different look for him without Miguel Cabrera in the lineup. Well, I think that's uh, you know you don't like to see you know the game's good players go down, but. Uh, it changes the look of their team. Um, even though uh, Hicks stepped in there yesterday and they had a couple of big hits playing first base, I, I haven't seen their lineup today. I would imagine that Avila might be over there at first base today. However, they decide. But, yeah, that, that's a big bat that you, you don't have to dance around. You know, you saw Boyd for a second time yesterday, and you had a little more success against him. What can you take from seeing Fulmer last time out? I mean, you had him on the ropes, and to his credit, uh, he was able to, to pull himself back out and, and keep swinging. Well, the, the game he threw, we did have him on the ropes, and he had that long inning, and we were close to knocking him out of the game, and we just couldn't do it. He ended up getting through six, I believe. Uh, I, you know, it's, there's an argument about who has the advantage second time around in a short short time frame. But, uh, you know, you just hope he makes some more mistakes. It has maybe, you know, a little command trouble, and we can make him work and get his pitch count up as well. Paul, you played in an era, and I played in an era, uh, that uh, it seemed like – the good starting pitchers, if you got to them, you got to them early because once they found the rhythm and that, uh, you know, they had a little bit better feel and command for the game. And yet today's game, it's all about pitch count. So getting them early, I don't know as though it has any more significance than any time you get them. But uh, a guy like Fulmer, you had a chance early. We've seen it uh, several times already this year where in the first couple innings, guys are a little sure. inconsistent on the mound, and yet uh, – how, how do you how do you capitalize on that? Well, you know, I, I think it's early in the year we we haven't had a lot of big hits. You know, when we've had opportunities early, first couple innings, we get a you know base runners and we we can't cast them in. Uh, you know, with, with young players, you're, you're still trying to get them to control their emotion. You know, not trying to you know hit that three run homer, but just try to keep the line moving and get a base hit. And uh, you know, you see guys that take pretty good at bats, and all of a sudden they get in those situations and they change a little bit. So we're just really trying to press that message of, you know, give yourself the best chance to get a hit. You know, don't if you make some mistake and you do some major damage, that's that's better. But let's try to keep it moving. Uh, on that theme, you know, we saw Eddie get a big hit, and he said they'd been rare the other night. Uh, Max Kepler's been on a stretch here where he's been squaring balls up. And then there's Robbie Grossman, and, and you know, the ball took about 47 hops, but he hit it in the right spot. It seems like Robbie's giving you a competitive at bat. No matter the situation, time in, time out. What what does he do so well? What makes him successful uh, with that approach? So that's well, you know, he's done a nice job. You know, DHing and on an almost regular basis is probably something that's a little different for him. But that's where he's getting his playing time uh, for the majority. And I, I just think that he's a guy who doesn't panic in the box. He's not afraid to take pitches. He, you know, does a nice job with two strikes of extending at bats. And we all know he knows how to walk. So. But he's gotten some big hits, too. I think the other night was a perfect example. Verlander walks three guys, and, and you know a guy like Justin is going to try to attack and get ahead of the next hitter. And he didn't hit it particularly 
sharply, but, you know, he was ready for a, a cutter in, and he, and he got it through the hole. So, um, you know, every day he's, he's given us some good at-bats, and somehow he's contributing to our offensive output. Another guy that I think has given you good at-bats, and you've pretty much put him everywhere in the lineup except leadoff, is Jorge Blanco. Uh, you know, here's a kid that uh, just doesn't seem to be phased by a whole lot. I, I don't see any intimidation by the good pitchers in the league. Uh, his defense is totally been adequate, if not a plus, since he's been yeah. put at shortstop where that was originally a question sure. mark. But his at-bats, both from the right side and left yeah. side, he, well, he seems to grind them out. You know, he's played a good shortstop here yeah. through, the, through the first however many games, and it's been really good to see his confidence level grow. But I think offensively, Jack, he's a guy that he's a smart enough kid to uh, uh, – have a plan each and every day for who he's going to face. You, know, you can tell when he gets a little frustrated when he doesn't execute, but for the most part, I think he trusts that, mm-hmm. and he tries to stick with it. You know, So far, we've seen maybe a little bit better at bats when he's hitting right-handed. Uh, you know, Today, right, to be honest with you, I'm not going to play him off this guy today. I want to kind of get Danny Santana in the game and, and Esco in the game and some different things that we're going to try to mix it up a little bit today. But he's been steady, and uh, I, I'm comfortable leading, uh, hitting him in different spots just because I know he's going to have good at-bats. That's Paul Molitor. Great insights as always. It's the Paul Molitor Show. We're back to wrap things up. One final segment on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to the Paul Molitor Show. It's our final segment. Jack and Paul in studio. Always great to have everybody in one place. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. How memories are created, legends are made. Wrapping up a homestand today, and Paul, wrapping up a stretch in which you guys have played every single game. This will be 18 in a row against teams in the division. You've seen them all now, and you're going to see them all a bunch over the course of the year. Uh, any surprises uh, that have popped up uh, one way or the other in what you've seen from, from the teams in your division? Well, I hope our guys think that uh, after having a chance to see these other teams early that we, we do stack up, and you know, there's no way to predict of, of how our starting pitching is going to sustain itself through the year and all those things that are going to be important components for how we intend to hang around. But... Uh, you know, the the one thing that I can say, and, you know, I don't worry a lot about other teams, but, but Cleveland's good, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we saw that. They swing the bats, and they have a rotation, and they got a bullpen that can be dominant, and uh, they run the bases. Uh, they got a nice club. There's no question they they went where they did last year because they can back it up, and and uh, we know that's that's going to be a tough tough battle throughout with those guys throughout the year and 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 the other teams you know we we see their strengths we see their weaknesses we have some of those things too but uh uh, nothing strikes any fear into me about the fact that we're not going to be able to hang around in this thing paul as a player uh, i i can tell you how i felt i always felt that i wanted to play against the good teams i wanted to try to match up against the good hitters to see where I stood. I felt that if I could get out the good hitters, I can get out anybody. And I I felt that was a a way of judging my progress in the big leagues. I know you as a player probably felt the same way. You'd rather play the good teams than teams that you had a real good time with. Yeah, you know, I I think that players you hope want to face the best. Uh, You know, I, I kind of had a tendency of Maybe looking even too far ahead and, you know, getting excited about, you know, you know, facing Nolan Ryan or, you know, Ron Guidry or Jack sure. Morris or whoever it might be. I mean, that those are the games that, you know, you lie in your hotel bed the night before and, and, and thinking about the matchups. I mean, that, that's the fun part of the game. You want to play the best. Now, you guys have a chance to play with a series on the line here today. Uh, you mentioned going to change things up a little bit. I don't know if you've got that lineup in ink yet, but who are some of the faces we might see? Well, uh <clears throat> 
You know, it's uh, I, I want to check with a few people. You know, Joe got inserted yesterday. I was trying to give him a blow yesterday, um, but I think he's going to be fine. We'll probably see him at first. Castro will be back in there. Uh, probably Dozier, uh, Escobar, and Sanoa in the infield, and uh, Santana, uh, Rosario, and Kepler in the outfield. And Robbie will be DHing. One more thought on Kyle Gibson. Uh, because of what happened yesterday with extending the bullpen, mm-hmm. obviously you're going to have to be a little more lenient with Kyle's pitch count today maybe. Hope that he just is efficient and gets sure. deeper into the game. Yeah, there's no question. Uh, what would you say, 200 pitches maybe? Be a, be a limit <laughs> well, today, so. I don't know if you can do that today in age, but yeah. I would definitely let him be out there for a while. I, I would like to think, you know, you don't want to change what you do, but in his mind he, he should be aware of where we're at yeah. and kind of take that uh, as a personal challenge today. Some teams, you know, match up a little bit better than others because they'll chase that sinker out of the zone. Some teams will wait and wait and wait you out. Where does Detroit fall? I feel like they're kind of a mix between some of the kind of the veteran guys who will funnel you into the zone and some of the younger guys who might swing at it. A lot of experienced good hitters. I think when they face a guy that they know throws strikes, they're going to come out swinging. You know, Phil Hughes as an example, and other guys that they're going to, might be smart enough to try to work it. Uh, if I was on. Detroit, I wouldn't change my game too much today, but I would certainly know that, hey, these guys might be a little bit beat up. Let's see if we can make this guy work. The one guy in their lineup that I, I'm i a little bit surprised because I saw such a terrible start for him last year is Justin Upton. He comes into target field, and he's kind of red hot right now, uh, seeing the ball very well. Yeah, he's he's hot. We, you think you think he's pitchable, but you got to be careful because he's going to hit mistakes really hard. Yeah, and Kyle Gibson, 3-for-3 three three against Gibson, Justin Upton uh, in his career. Paul, great stuff as always. Look for a series win here today. It's a beautiful day for baseball and a, a great place. All for right, guys. Good to be with you. Yep. That's Paul Molitor and Jack Morris, and we'll be back again next week with another edition of the Paul Molitor Show. This is just the start of a big day. We've got Inside Twins coming up in a bit. We've also got, of course, our pregame line card and first pitch. Gibson versus Fulmer. It's the Twins and the Tigers on your home for Twins Baseball. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.